Welcome back to Rogue Darkness, the podcast that uncovers how the misinterpretations and misinformation surrounding witchcraft, the occult, and other beliefs have led many to do unthinkable crimes. From ritualistic killings and the demons that live in all of us, to exploration of the macabre and diving deep into the unknown, let's explore the darkness of mankind, one crime at a time. I'm your host of the grim and gruesome, Raven. Let's go rogue and get right into today's chilling crime. The case of the assumed possession of Annalise Mitchell and the ritual that went rogue and ultimately led to her unfortunate demise. This horrifying case touches on the concept of paranormal and potential demonic possession. The beliefs that were held onto by the family of Annalise, as well as the priests they confided in for help, were extremist to the point where it led to a horrific outcome. So let's start off from the very beginning. Born as Anna Elizabeth Mitchell on September 21, 1952, in Leipzig, Bavaria, West Germany, to a Roman Catholic family, Annalise was brought up along with her three sisters by her parents, Joseph and Anna Mitchell. Annalise and her family were devout Catholics and even went to Mass twice a week. When Annalise was just 16 years old, she had experienced a seizure, leading to a severe convulsion and was ultimately diagnosed with psychosis due to temporal lobe epilepsy. Shortly after her medical diagnosis, Annalise was also diagnosed with depression. It's been reported that Annalise was even treated in a psychiatric hospital due to her actions brought on by the illness. Convulsions and psychotic tendencies were also seen throughout her supposed exorcism, so we will soon begin to see how the family's religious beliefs, along with a lack of knowledge surrounding her medical condition, potentially led to the unfortunate handling of her situation and the grim outcome of it all. I'll touch on that further in just a little bit, though. In 1973, Annalise began studying at the University of Wurzburg. Her classmates there would later describe her as withdrawn and very religious. A girl who was reserved, kept to herself, and revolved her world around her faith. When Annalise was 20 years old, she had become increasingly intolerant of certain religious objects and claimed she suffered from hearing persistent disembodied voices. Her mental condition continued to deteriorate, despite being prescribed medications, and Annalise became suicidal and even more closed off from others and the world around her. She was trapped in her own head, and it was slowly eating away at her. After taking her prescribed psychiatric medications for five years, with not much improvement in her symptoms, Annalise and her parents soon became convinced that she was possessed by a demon. Rather than going to other doctors for additional opinions and alternative options to aid her in her illness, the family turned to the Catholic Church for guidance. Her family was hopeful that an exorcism could rid her of the unwanted demon and hopefully restore her to her normal self. Their church had initially rejected the request of the exorcism, but after further requests, the church had received permission from Bishop Joseph Stengel in September of 1975 to proceed with the exorcisms, according to the Ritual Romanum of 1614. The only caveat to this approval, though, was that it had to be done in total secrecy. I don't know about you, but to me, that puts up immediate red flags. But let's carry on. 
Upon receiving the approval, the Catholic priests quickly began conducting their exorcism sessions, and Annalise's parents soon stopped consulting doctors for medical advice. This would soon unravel a horrifying case involving misguidance, denial, and neglect. The head priest of their family church, named Ernst Alt, was reported saying that upon seeing Annalise prior to the exorcisms, he believed that she didn't look like an epileptic, and that he did not witness her having any seizures during the time he was with her. Priest Alt believed that Annalise was suffering from demonic possession, and he was the main person who had initially urged the bishop to allow the exorcisms to be conducted in the first place. During the progression of the exorcisms, Annalise had reportedly written numerous letters to Alt on several occasions. In one letter to him in 1975, Annalise wrote, I am nothing. Everything about me is vanity. What should I do? I have to improve. Pray for me. She had also reportedly once told him that, I want to suffer for other people, but this is so cruel. The exorcisms themselves were conducted by another priest, Arnold Renz, per the permission granted by the bishop. The very first exorcism to take place was performed on September 24, 1975. Throughout the time of the exorcisms and her worsening condition, Annalise began to continuously talk about dying to atone for the wayward youth of the day and the apostate priests of the modern church. Her grim declarations frightened those around her, but things continued to decline. There are audio recordings of Annalise throughout the exorcisms where she sounds much different than her normal self, speaking in a rough, raspy tone and making predatory sounds much like a ferocious animal. I'm going to now play a clip of the recorded audio from one of her exorcisms, but be warned, it's both frightening and horrifying to hear, regardless if you believe she was possessed or if it was just her mental illness. Annalise ultimately refused to eat as she neared the unfortunate end of her life. At that point in time, her parents stopped consulting doctors per her supposed request, and they relied solely on the exorcism rites and the direction of the priests. In total, 67 exorcism sessions, one or two conducted each week, lasting up to four hours per session, were performed over a period of roughly 10 months, from 1975 to 1976. Due to her deteriorated condition and that she had now stopped eating food altogether, Annalise unfortunately died due to malnourishment and dehydration on July 1st, 1976. 
Her parents and the two Catholic priests involved in the exorcisms were charged and then found guilty of negligent homicide and were sentenced to six months in jail, which was then reduced to just three years of probation, as well as a fine. To me, that seems extremely lenient considering the negligent actions taken place throughout this poor woman's time working with the priests. Why the family didn't stop the exorcism rites and decide to go back to medical doctors for care remains a mystery to me. This shows perfectly how our beliefs, and whatever they may be, if they cloud our logic and rational judgment, it can lead to horrific outcomes. So that was the heartbreaking case of the exorcism and unfortunate death of Annalise Mitchell. This case makes me extremely angry and mortified that people can allow their beliefs to control their logic and ultimately enable them to allow such atrocities to occur. The neglect of both her family and the priest shows how deadly extremist beliefs can be. By putting their full faith in the exorcism rites and wholeheartedly believing it would cure her, the family and priest caused the untimely death of poor Annalise. So let me know your thoughts on this case and whether or not you think the actions performed were ultimately in the best interest of Annalise. I'm pretty sure you know my opinion at this point, and with a lack of knowledge and proper medical care, the unfortunate death was pretty much unavoidable. It's just so sad when things like this happen. By bringing light to how misinformation, misguidance, and extremist beliefs, regardless of what the belief may be in, can have adverse impacts on our decisions, I'm hoping it can help prevent horrific occurrences like this from occurring in the future. As Winston Churchill once wrote, those that fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Feel free to contact me with any questions or suggestions at roguedarknesspod at gmail.com. You can also DM me on Instagram at rogue underscore darkness. I'd love to hear your thoughts on cases I've covered, as well as hear any suggestions you may have for future ones. All the links to the articles referenced in this episode, as well as my socials and contact information, are all down below for your reference. If you like what you hear on Rogue Darkness, please consider sharing the podcast with your family and friends, and also by leaving a rating and review on Apple iTunes, or whichever other platform you can leave a review. It's a great way to help the show out and to get it more noticed. With that said, that concludes this week's episode of Rogue Darkness. The darkness is all around us, and I can confidently say that reality truly is more terrifying than fiction. Until next time.